The Frequency 49 show is brought to you by the Niner Empire GB. Welcome to the Frequency 49 show. I'm Kat Victorino, and joining me today are Deepak Gohill and Neil Jepson. Good evening, gentlemen. Good evening. I guess, yeah, I should say good morning, shouldn't I? (laughs) So we had our final game of the season on Sunday. We went down to Los Angeles to play the Los Angeles Rams. And to be expected, I think, the 49ers lost 32-48. to Thoughts on the game, guys? I'll leave that one to dip to start with because I was working, so I only got highlights. Well, you know, I watched the game and... We sort of knew what was going to happen, but look, you know what? We made a game out of it. You know, we didn't just go there to surrender and, and call it a day. We actually tried to make something out of it. And I mean, if we had one, we would have gone down even lower in the pecking order for the draft. So <laughs> I don't think we can complain too much about this game, but there were little things that really irritated me. And that was three three possessions, three turnovers. I don't think we've ever done that in our franchise before. But and coming back from that, though, is the piece that gives me a little bit of hope for the future. We easily could have only had, you know, one or two field goals. And still, we scored 32 points by the end of the game. Yeah, I put on the group, you know, threes, not punts at one stage. <laughs> because I thought as soon as we get to third down, we're going to turn it over or, or, or kick it away. You could argue that the Rams have taken the foot off the gas, they're easy into the playoffs, you know, there's no need for them to overexert themselves, but what I liked was the team hung in there and and they were determined to put points on the board, you know, and and, and that impressed me. But there were a couple of things that really highlight where we are in terms of the rebuild, you know, I think 100% we're definitely going in the right direction. And 100%, there's a lot of positive things for us to take into the next season. But a defensive secondary and certainly a pass rush are something that uh, urgent, urgent, urgent needs and skill gaps that need to be filled. Definitely. Neil, what have you got? Not a great deal to, more to add to, to, to what Dip did, really, because I only got to see highlights. I mean, <clears throat> it was good that they managed to get the, the ball to Kittle. To, for him to break the record because that was uh, that irked me before when the whole of the second half um, against the the Broncos that, that he could have had just six eight yards just anything like the play they drew up I think they've been sort of some other teams have watched what they're doing that's the second game I think the Giants game they tried it again and it almost got picked so you know I think I'm glad they got, they got him the ball it was nice to see him break the record and again as Dip said we're going in the right direction yes we've made we have made mistakes but <clears throat> there's a lot of teams that have been been bad this year I think it's just you know there's a, it's a transitional year for us we all knew that and it's um, I think for us we just have to stay positive very difficult to stay positive but we need to well and speaking of Kittle got to definitely shout out shout this out he finished the year with an average of 9.7 yards after catch which is 1.8 yards ahead of Vance McDonald 
He broke the tight end receiving record with 1,377 yards, 873 were yard after catch. Um, and I would like to also point out that Kelsey on the Chiefs had broken the record an hour prior to George getting it. So the fact that they were aware enough of how close George was to, and actually worked again, it wasn't just, you know, George and Shanahan that wanted it. It was the defense because that last that last stop really made the difference between getting it and not getting it. So I, that, that really made yeah, me happy. Props to the D for that. <laughs> I mean, and, and again, I think it's really the D that we really want to shore up a little bit more. And I said it before, and I said it in the group chats. I say it to anyone that taps me on the street and wants to talk about the Niners pass rush and a defensive secondary badly, badly, badly need. We've needed it for years, and they still have to address it. And that's annoying to me, and I'm hopeful that with the upcoming free agency and draft that we will finally get some people that we need to fill those the holes. The draft's looking quite strong on that side of the, of the ball, though, isn't it? I mean, it's, there's more on on the defensive line that we can pick in the draft. You know, that's, that's a positive, that we managed to still get the two-pick, which... You know, at one stage, you know, after the Broncos game, it was looking like we were going to be picking eight or nine at one stage. Um, but now we're picking two. I think it's, I think we'll get who we need. You know, there's there's options. Well, since we kind of started talking about the draft, let's let's talk about that. Do we? Everyone is hot over this Bosa guy. Now, mind you, I don't watch a lot of college football, so I haven't seen what he can do. Tell me what your feeling is on what we should go for with that second pick. Well, I mean, I, when I say I watch a lot of college football, I only watch the Fighting Irish, okay? So I don't right. really watch the SEC, who tend to be the players from the SEC, Alabama, LSU, those schools tend to go early. Miami, they're not in the SEC. But those sorts of schools will typically have your your higher draft choices. So Nick Bosa... Well, Bosa, he's out of Ohio State, isn't he? Yeah, he's he's Ohio State, so he's not an SEC player. But the guy that we're more likely to get, Quinnen Williams from Alabama, he is stud defensive and and he could be the pass rusher that we really, really need. And the good thing about this pick, if we make it, or the position of where we're in, we could actually trade that for something else if we felt mm. we needed more help with other components. Well, we need help outside, don't we? The other corner. Um, Sherman's locked that side down. He seems to have locked that side down. So we need um, help on the other side. Potentially uh, looking further down if we trade it out, maybe... Um, Greedy Williams is another one that's he's, he's got size. Um, only reading what I'm reading on online, it's just he's he, he's he's a headliner of a very impressive group in this year's class. So, and the, the quarterbacks in the college fear throwing his side. So, with him, maybe there's you know there's an option there if we trade down. The other thing we could do is um, get rid of get rid of Lynch, so we can get Greedy Williams, Quinnen Williams. And Josh Allen. <laughs> but I've been watching draft day recently and I thought, gosh, why can't we do cool stuff like that? You know. But you know, Greedy Williams, that's a cornerback. A lockdown corner. We need one of those. We need safety. We need linebackers that can tackle and not grab a thin air. You know. I mean our defense is That has been a problem yeah, this year. Tackling just, badly. 
but that's I you see I don't believe that's down to talent I think that's down to coaching and discipline you know, tackling is a fundamental of the game you don't give up sloppy yardage mm-hmm. because you can't tackle a lick you're athletic you're quick you've got the size you've got the speed you've got the muscle why can't you tackle is that is, yeah do, you have do you to wrap them up because they're sort of their eyes light up and they think oh, I'm going to hit him here I mean surely since they brought the rule in about not hitting with the head you'd have thought that that would be you know more emphasis on actually bringing the guy down rather than actually trying to take his head off yeah and you make a great point there because I was discussing this with a friend of mine. He's a he's a Steelers fan, and we were talking about the great defensive players of the NFL. You know, your Reggie White, your Lawrence Taylor's, people like that, and none of them would have been great in today's NFL because they just <laughs> wouldn't be able to play the game they play. Right. And what you said, Neil, is true. You know, they need to tackle as low as possible, basically grab the ankles. That way, you completely topple somebody who has a center of gravity. So, yeah. yeah, it's technique, but these kids are taught to tackle from a young age because it is just a fundamental element of playing the game. But at, at, at school level, you know, when they're coming really early on, is it, I mean, I'm, I'm assuming that the, the rule is no tackling above sort of waist height at all. No. Or, or is, it, is it? Well, there shouldn't be because at school level you start leading with your head which you can't do now mm. anyway you know it's a moot yeah. is a moot point but you know I, I do think for me and I can't speak on behalf of everybody but I think our, our tackling is down to a lack of discipline because other there's other components of our game that we're really frustrating with and that's the penalty side of things we've given up so many Good situations, good good field positions, good everything because of stupid penalties and and you know I haven't played the game that much. I've played it a little bit, but I know enough to know that poor tackling and poor discipline are, they go hand in hand. You know, giving away those sorts of penalties, it's discipline. It's not ability or talent. Well, and look at how many games we lost this year that we could that we should have won, but because the defense made those stupid plays, made those stupid penalties, didn't wrap up the, the receiver or the running back, led, led to a score on the opposing team, and we lost. So, yeah. I mean, we could, could have had, so, you know, Green Bay, maybe both Arizona games we could have won, and the Giants. So we, we could have been looking at an 8-8 eight eight record already. I haven't seen this particular stat. I'm going to see if I can dig it out. But it would be good to see what the yards after a after a catch stat would be against us. And I don't think it would make for good good viewing. Well, the other piece that I was speaking with someone about was, as now I am, don't get me wrong, I absolutely adore Marquise Goodwin. I think he's fabulous. I think he's talented. But he seems to be a glass cannon. He's very fragile. And he, he's not available as that deep threat that we want him to be. Should we be looking for a deep threat? Yes, uh, absolutely. We should be looking for a deep threat, and that's not that's not a, a downer on Goodwin because the one thing I like about Goodwin is he has speed. His hands are yeah. a little bit weak, though. Too many mm-hmm. drops, way too many drops. So he, he's definitely a route runner. He can get into those positions to make the catch, but he has poor hands, so he can't actually mm-hmm. go ahead and execute. The good news is that can be coached, and again, it's about coaching and discipline and working I on think his game. He's a good number two. 
Yeah, see, that's how I see him. I see him as a good John Taylor when when it was John Taylor and Jerry Rice. I see him being that role, not the Jerry Rice role. O- Odell Beckham Jr., just saying. <laughs> Is that who you want? That or A.B.? <laughs> well, actually, why not both? You know, have them both. Hey, I'm all for that. <laughs> yeah, oh dear, they're, they're pizza, me, we need talent. There. Wow. Uh, yeah. Good problems to have, though, for this franchise. Yeah. I mean, it's, we've done it in the past. I mean, you can you imagine what the locker room was, was like with, um, you know, the guys, you know, the, the oh, now you've got me on, on well, the Well, d- just think back to Terrell yeah, Owens. Yeah, Deion Sanders. Can you imagine them you two? Know. Yeah. yeah, but That's Deion it. Sanders, <laughs> he, he, had, um, he had Jerry Rice and Steve Young and, and those guys to look up to. He had... Uh, yeah, a, a, a whole team was all pro, you know. So he was a small fish. But he thought he, yeah. But he, you know, he had the ego of the superstar, didn't he? Yeah, he did. He did. And the mouth. He still has. <laughs> so we've kind of moved on from from the game and kind of touched on the draft, and we do have free agency starting in February. Um, I don't know the exact date, and we have a few free agents. Do we want to lock them back up? I'll start reading some names off, and you guys tell me what you think. What about Absolutely. Robbie Gold? What about Jimmy Ward? No, I think his time's done. What about Exum Jr.? Honestly, I don't know enough about that kid. Pip, you're stealing my thunder. I was just about to say that. I've not seen enough of our football this year to, to really make a decision on that one, I'm afraid. Okay, what about Person? What is he? Center? Offensive line? Honestly... I don't know anything I'm gonna, about that. I'm going to take the fifth. All right. Uh, what about Morris? Alfred no, Morris? He's got to go. No? Yeah, uh, yeah, I can see why you say that, Neil, and I do kind of agree. What about uh, Bradley Pinion? He's a punter. Yeah, it, it is. You know, our free agent stock isn't really up to much at all. You know, I think it would be easier to mm-hmm. say what we do need rather than who we should retain. I think there's, only, there's only one that we really need to keep, and that's the, the place kicker. He's been out incredible yep. this season. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, the rest, if they left, I don't think we could care less or we would miss them significantly. I mean, Gould's been, he's been, the, I mean, he's at 33 out of 34 this year, isn't he? I mean, he, he, he's been amazing. Yeah, and for that reason, but if you look at the other free agents that we've got on this list, your Pinions and your Mostert's and all those guys, ask yourself with your hand on your heart, would you truly miss them if they were gone? You wouldn't, would you? Probably not. Probably not, no. No, and not only that, there's better free agents out there. There really Mm -hmm. are that can help us a lot more than those guys could. So with all the recent head coach firings, the Niners are one of five teams left eligible for hard knocks going alongside the Lions, the Raiders, the Giants, and the Redskins. What do you think about the Niners being on hard knocks next year? Can we, as if we haven't suffered enough hard knocks. Thank you. <laughs> That's, That's my point. <laughs> well, I know that John Lynch and uh, Shanahan are totally against doing it. Wait, so. wait, hang on. Let's talk about this. Why do you think they're so dead against it? Because I think I would actually like to see us on hard knocks from a purely voyeuristic perspective but i wonder why well, those I, guys are so anti-hard knocks maybe there might be something in there they don't want the world to know <laughs> Ooh, dirty little secrets 
I wonder why. I know they've always been anti hard knocks, and I'm trying to think why. You know, like really anti hard knocks. I mean, like if if you come at it from the point of view of the distraction to the team to have you know, that camera crew on you when you're supposed to be, you know, working on getting ready for the next season. I can see that. But I haven't heard anything definitive as to why they don't want to do it other than we just will be very boring to watch. See, I think it would be pretty entertaining. Depending and, uh, depending who we pick up in free agency, then that that could be... This, oh, this then, is you know, That could be primetime viewing if you think about it if we were to get Odell and Antonio Brown and you've then got Sherman and you've got you've got a few in there that would probably I mean there was a, a series about Sherman and the, you know his struggles and how, you know what happened at the end of his time at, at the Seahawks and it was good it was, I enjoyed watching it but I just don't know yeah I think you know that maybe they are worried about you know putting a bad like whether it's the Yorks or, or whether it's you know it's it's the the coaches that just don't want it seen. I really don't know. But I would have thought that you know if we weren't interested, we could just turn around and say to HBO or whoever's doing this and say we're not interested. Go away, get lost, end of story. Find somebody else. I'd be interested to know if it's a requirement for the team. You know if they're selected. I wonder if there's something written in there. I don't know. Mm, yeah, it, because it's not as cut and dried as you'd think. You'd think if it was up to you, mm-hmm. you'd just say, no, thanks, we're not interested in being on your show, and that's the end of that. But it sounds like there is some kind of obligation, you know, or maybe a, another forgive, type of incentive. Yeah, forgive even. me for, for being, you know, naive. Why is it only five teams? Is, is it... <laughs> that I could not answer. Well, they've done a bunch <laughs> of teams, haven't they? They've done Cleveland, they've done Dallas, they've done... Um, They've done a load of other teams. Done the Texans and the Browns. Yeah, I think they did the Cincinnati Bengals as well. Bengals, Mm mm-hmm. You know, so they've done a bunch of teams. Maybe it's like the International Series. Eventually, you you all have to go one day. You know, that sort of thing. (laughs) Well, and looking at the the teams that are quote-unquote eligible this year you know all five of them have losing records they're obviously in a massive rebuild you know they've got stuff going on and maybe it's that that voyeuristic piece that i don't know if it's the nfl or you know a network or whatever you know they want to get inside and and watch the rebuild happen from the ground up yeah but uh, i mean i personally I wouldn't mind seeing us on it, but if it's going to hurt the team, then definitely not. You know. Yeah. So we got some other stuff going on. Um, it was announced earlier this week that our general manager, John Lynch, is a finalist for the Pro Football Hall of Fame. He's one of the final 15. Good luck to him. Although this is his sixth time making it this far, so we'll see what holds Question there. six. <laughs> well, Neil said, quest for six. You know, every year is our year, and why shouldn't it be? George Kittle was named to uh, the All Pro team for Pro Football Focus. Uh, another honor coming his way. Justly deserved. What do you think about Kittle? You think we we uh, we got something there? Just a bit. <laughs> just just a little bit there. Year, and he's he's putting up numbers like that. <laughs> you know, his upside is massive. I mean, his his work ethic. I mean, uh, reading. You know, he's he's constantly looking to improve himself. I mean, and looking at, you know, some of the interviews, he seems such a normal guy. I mean, it, you just look at, there doesn't seem to be an ego there. Now, ho- hopefully this isn't something that, that then comes in later on, you know, and he keeps his feet on the ground. I mean, if he can keep working and doing, you know, what he's doing, you know, maybe sort of brush up on his, his um, blocking, the guy's going to be a beast. 
He really is. He's got top end speed. He really has. I mean, I wrote it down somewhere. He's, he did 4.52 for the 40, which, you know, for a tight end, hmm, that's speed. That's pretty good. What do you think this is going to mean for Selleck? Well, I think all of this is good for Selleck and the team because you've seen how fragile we are. And it's nice to have a marquee, a genuine marquee player on our team, a genuine all-pro apart from a kicker. So for Selleck, I really hope that he stays. I think we have a we have a need for that guy as a number two tight end. You have to have a backup as a tight end. You never know what kind of scheme where you could call in on for two tight ends and one's a blocker. You know They don't always have mm-hmm. to catch the ball. So I would hope that clearly this this kid is explosive out of the backfield. You know he's he's explosive as a receiver, but Salik is a much more of a rounded tight end, and and I think there's plenty of room in a Shanahan offense for for both of these guys to be productive and and be standout in their own right. If Kittle's drawing the attention, you know that he's gonna you know that will be following him. It will cre- create more space, surely. For Selleck, so he's going to get more. He probably get more catches next year, and you may see a drop off in Kittle's numbers, but that m- might not be to the detriment of the team. It might be that that Selleck, he starts finding open space. Yeah, and also it could open up the running game for us. You know, two tight end yes. format, and you've got Breeder in the backfield. Or are you going to call a, a short drop play, or are you, are you going to call a blitz? What are you mm-hmm. going to do? You have no idea what to do when that's in your face. <laughs> well, the game, I forget which game it was. It was a couple of weeks ago. So I want to say it was against the Broncos, but they had started feeding the ball to Selleck because Kittle had gotten wrapped up and they couldn't get the ball to him. And so I was really excited to see that. Let's go to Selleck. And then we'll go back to Kittle. You know, so I, I totally agree. I'd like to see both players stay on our team. Yeah, absolutely. And our, our kicker, Robbie Gold, we want to keep him. He was named the special teams player special teams player of the month for the month of December. So congrats to him. Some other miscellaneous news uh, this morning, West Coast time, of course. So I guess it would be afternoon for you guys. The Niners fired their strength and conditioning coach, Ray Wright. What do we think about that? Well, it's obviously not nice to have anybody get fired or, or lose their job, but you kind of see where why this, this was done in light of the number of injuries that we've had. Is it is it that much bad luck or is it a coincidence that our players are just dropping dead like flies, you know? And that uh, that is down to conditioning. That is down to preparation. And somebody has to carry the yeah, heat for that. Yeah, difficult one, really. Uh, surely the buck stops at, at the top, as it were. But yeah, you're right. It's unforgivable, the amount of injuries we have had. I'd like to, you know, any other team to, to have the amount of injuries and still be as competitive towards, you know, we, as I say, we were competitive in half our games maybe. But, you know, considering we lost starters right from the word go, it's, yeah, I think he's, yeah, it's fair really. Well, there's definitely a problem, I think, in that realm of strength and conditioning because we did have so many injuries. I mean, let's just remember, prior to Jimmy G's injury, we were favourites for advancing, mm-hmm. not only making the playoffs, but advancing into them. You know, everyone had us down to do so much this season. So in in hindsight, you say that, Dim, in hindsight, would, you know, having seen the teams, the Rams, how, how they were, would you, if we were had a full strength squad, would we, do you think we'd still, we'd have beaten the Rams? Hand on heart answer for you, Neil, is um, perhaps not. But 
Yeah, no, I don't think we would. I don't think we would have challenged them sufficiently, or even Seattle, no. to be honest. Well, Seattle's a different beast. Now that's just, there's a lot of history there as well. and I think Donald makes a big difference to that Rams team. And and he just simply he's a sack machine. He's just the guy's unstoppable most. Yeah, and I also think that you know, if, if Jimmy G had stayed healthy, I think you know a fifty percent, you know, an eight and eight season w- would have been for me a, a a magnificent success. You know, it would have been a, a great season for us. But uh, let's hope that he can recover from this injury and we can we can maybe go for that. 50-50 season next season. That doesn't sound very ambitious, but for this team, it's a big deal. We're still a rebuild. But did you not think, when in the first two or three games, it almost looked like, whereas at the end of last season, the last five games, the the plays that Jimmy had, it was it, it seemed very free, and it almost seemed he, he looked way down under the the pressure of the the amount of plays he was having to recover. He looked like he was late throwing the ball. He made bad decisions. And it's it's almost like he's had now another yeah. twelve games to just get that playbook set. He's been working in the off, you know, on his while he's been injured. So hopefully, fingers crossed, he comes back and he's more up to speed with with Shanahan's playbook. And and he can, I I think he will, you know, be a much much better player at the start of the new season. I hope so, because I was certainly disappointed in the performance he put out those first three games before he got injured, because I didn't see what I expected to see, which is, you know, I think all of us expected to see what we saw the last five games of the year last year, and there was a lot of inconsistencies in his play this year. But was that because the last five, the, the games he played at the end of the season, he wasn't he, he wasn't tied to a contract, so he really, he was on a an absolute win-win situation. He was going to get paid. Um, and now he's he's under this massive contract. Not that it, it should bother him. I mean, the guy's he, you know he's he's been an understudy to one of the best, one of the best, not the best, one of the best quarterbacks in the league. And he's picked up, you know, he's obviously picked up very good traits. So it's just a case of just knowing a new scheme, and just hopefully, you know, fitting in, bedding down. He's, he's moved to the other side of the country, um, and you know, fingers crossed. As I say, he will become a decent and and one of the best quarterbacks we've had and he's got a lot of big boots to fill. But let's yeah, give him, he does. Let's give him some nice new weapons to, to play around with. You know, let's give him some somebody to throw. Yeah, the don't balls. forget McKinnon should be coming back in and that that was the big I think that was the biggest miss. Biggest injury we picked up was McKinnon because you know there was there was some doubt but you know he can't his, his ability to to catch it in the backfield and then run was the thing that was going to open up a lot of things. It's the, the yards after the catch play. It's that's become such a critical measure of a football player is what they do after they catch the ball. Yeah. Okay, so I think we've pretty much wrapped up the season, as far as I can tell. Do you have anything else you want to add about about this past season? Maybe we get to see the Niners in Mexico. <laughs> <laughs> the Bucks again. You never know. We could get the Bucks. I think if they went to Mexico, that would be so much fun. You'd never get there. Trump wouldn't allow you out the country. Yeah. You'd have to tunnel under the wall. The big steel wall, apparently, <laughs> that he was all over the news today saying he was going to be building. Oh, my God. Oh, let's not go there. Anyway, 
I have to live with this, people. Uh, well, well, I've got one thing, Cap. Maybe um, <laughs> just a few. Prop- I mean, looking at the figures, I mean, DeForest Buckner's ended with 12 sacks. You know, he had 67 tackles, 44 solos. You know, and Fred Warner, being that he has come in, he's been the the uh, Mike LB as well. So he's been the leader of the defense. He's 124 tackles. 85 solo. So there, there has been some plus points on our defense, and I think we, you know, with some addition, absolutely, you know, we're going to be a force to be reckoned with in a couple of years, maybe a year, a couple of years. Well, I, th- and I think that's that's the thing is, we've got I think the, a lot of primary pieces in place, and they all got injured. So we're seeing the secondary pieces, whether or not they're good enough, is what I think the rest of the season has told Shanahan, you know, do we keep this player, this player, this player based on their play these last, you know, four or five games covering for the, you know, taking over for, for the injuries. So you were, we're getting there. It's going to take time. Bear in mind, we were the 32nd round defense when Salah took over. I mean, this year we've used eight safeties, you know, it's, it's, it's not unprecedented, but you'd like to know how many teams have had to put up with that many injuries in the backfield it's it's not it's not not good news so uh neil would you like to go over the results of the pick six for the regular season oh if i have to okay it's the accent i love the accent what can i say it's just the way it is i'm afraid (laughs) okay so congratulations go to jimmy brewster for his uh winning of the pick six this year he got 67 uh, Mark Lyon was second. Uh, Mark Comp was uh, joint second as well with 64. Ross Irwin was 63. Hang on a minute. There's a little bit of... Uh, did they not set this thing up? And they're right up there. Not suggesting anything, guys. Well done for for doing it as well, by the way. It's, it's a labour of love that we all enjoy taking part in, but must be an absolute nightmare for you guys to deal with. Um, and then Andrew Ifold had 62. So well done to everyone that took part. And we are running a playoff version of the pick six that Ross has put together in the Facebook group. So please join us. Of course, by the time this comes out, it will the first week will have already been done. But God, have to do it then. We got exactly. It tomorrow. All right, I have two minutes on my clock. Are you guys ready for the two-minute drill? Yep. Yeah. Okay. Let's start. Deepak, we ended four and twelve, but could easily have been eight and eight. Will we have a winning record next season? Um, maybe. But I think we'll be better than four and twelve. Okay, Neil, would you make any coaching changes? Not now. I think Salah needs another season. Um, it's improved as the season's gone on. Get the right personnel in. Give him one more year. Deepak, we will we draft at number two, or will we move down for more picks? I think it would make sense to draft at number two and get Williams. Oh, okay. Neil, is Antonio Brown worth going for, or would you prefer Odell Beckham Jr.? Dick's already said he'd prefer OBJ. I think Antonio Brown for me is the complete receiver, and I think the lesser of two evils. I say just take both. Deepak, can we get Robbie Gold back next year? I think we can, yes. Um, we're going in the right direction. We're a young, ambitious franchise, young, ambitious coach. I think he'd like to be part of the journey. You know, there's a lot to be said for that. Neil, can we keep our players healthy for 2019? Fingers crossed. Everything across toes. <laughs> yeah, with the cha- with the change of the strength and conditioning coach, yeah, that that might help. So, fingers crossed. 
<laughs> Deepak, who is your league MVP? League MVP, I'm going to go old school and I've got a soft spot for this guy. I'm going with Drew Brees. Oh, I picked the Saints for the... Oh, okay, interesting. Uh, Neil, who wins the Lombardi this year? Saints. Sneaky feeling, sneaky feeling though for the, the Eagles. There's something going on there. Been there, done that. It calls, it's called sucking. <laughs> Deepak, good or bad, any team that surprised you this year? Any team that surprised me this year? Actually, yes, Pittsburgh has surprised me by failing to qualify. And we are out of time. Playing, <laughs> guys. Well, this is our last episode for the season. Ooh. How sad is that? Kat, you've done a great job, and all the other other people that have done it. It's been really good. Oh. Yeah, you guys have been excellent. I'm as much a guest as Neil is, so I say, <laughs> echo what Neil said. You know, you guys, which, what you bring to our group is, is absolutely fantastic. And when we started this podcast, our mission was even if one person listened to it and enjoyed it, we've done a job. You well, know. I am honored to be your host. Um, this has been a labor of love for me for the last two seasons. And I hope that you will allow me to continue because um, I'm obviously passionate about the game and the passionate about the Niners. And I love talking with you guys. I love talking football with you guys. You have my vote. Chat, you need to understand this is much yours as it is anybody else's. So you don't have to ask for that kind of permission. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate that. It's not a, a one person thing. This is for everybody. All Niner fans. Exactly. And, and that's why I, I always think of the group first when it comes to, to the podcast. Well, that's our show. Thanks to Audionautics.com for the music. Thanks to Mark Lyon, Mark Kant, Andrew Mitchell, Neil Jepson, Deepak Gohill, Paul McDonald, James Little, Rob Newell, Simon Holdsworth, Nathaniel James, Ross Irwin, Jason Argo, and Graham Ross for everything that they do with the group and on the show. Apologies if I have missed anyone. If you would like to get involved in the show, just let us know. You can message any of the admins in the Facebook group. We're always looking for members to appear on the show or just to contribute content. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Niner Empire GB and on Facebook, search for the group Niner Empire GB. Don't forget to check out our blog, which is available on your favorite podcast app. Also, you can email us at Frequency49Show at gmail.com. It's time to say goodbye, boys. Bye. Bye. On behalf of Deepak Gohill and Neil Jepson, I'm Kat Victorino. We'll be back sometime, hopefully in the in the uh, off season. Thanks for listening. Goodbye for now. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you.